Yesterday, we talked about undoing, and we talked about the first 50 lessons in the course, and basically the first part of the workbook uh, deals with undoing from lesson one through lesson 220. It's forgiveness. It's all about forgiveness, accepting the atonement, inner correction, letting go of grievances, letting go of attack thoughts, letting go of anger. So basically undoing all the conflict that uh, is part of the content of our mind. So the Course would call that undoing, and that's the function of the Holy Spirit is this self-correction. And as students of the Course in Miracles, we have to kind of fall in love with that self-correction, which I think everybody here is in love with that to some degree, or you wouldn't be here looking at yourself. So this corrective undoing process is very important. That's step one. And then you find yourself when you embrace that process, you enter these places in your mind that are very sublime and very empty and very spacious, right? So the whole point, let's just say, if all your problems were written on your blackboard of your mind of your life, and that's the content of your consciousness all in this board, sort of all these experiences written and traumas recorded and all that. And then all of a sudden you have this Course in Miracles telling you that none of that means anything. All right. All that history, all that um, thought from the past, it's something that needs to be undone. So now this process of forgiveness, it's like you have this big eraser and now you're going through all the events of your life, all the memories in your, in your consciousness and you're erasing them, you're neutralizing them. You're, and essentially you're also erasing them. So now at some point you realize that you have a clean slate, you have an empty board, you have a mind that's still you have a mind that has some connection to a greater space, uh, silence within, uh, peace within. All right, so now you're, you've kind of arrived at this place where you know that inner correction served you very well and you've undone. You might still be aware of your personal lie, but it doesn't rule your life anymore. It's, it kind of becomes like a little joke, you know, like, oh, well, there I am feeling guilty again, and you can have a little bit of a laugh about it. So you arrive at this place where it's more of an empty space, and your blackboard has been erased, and now you're a clean slate. That's a very wonderful place to be. Very, very high place to be, very spiritually evolved place to be. And you know that your conscious uh, intellectual mind, although it might have been good teaching you how to be an engineer or a carpenter or a painter or an artist, there's part of that mind that can't help you make this 
you can't use that mind to make this next step, right? So you've arrived at this emptiness and you've let go of relying on the intellectual mind, on the learning part of your mind. And now you're in this empty space. Now what? So this is where Jesus takes us and places us in this space of emptiness just before the part two of The Course in Miracles in the workbook. So part two is very different than part one, even in the structure of the lessons. So in part two, the structure of the lessons is more in the form of a prayer, less less with the undoing, more with the prayer, more with the showing you the gems of your identity or showing you the jewel of who you are as God created you. So these lessons in part two, they're more like poetry. They're more like uh, the gifts of God. You know, it's like, well, once you erase the ego and you've got it, you've got your slate empty enough to have this freedom and this expansion, well, then what is God going to write on the slate for you? Because you're, you're asking your divine creator, uh, look, I, I want to co-create with you. So I don't want to put anything on my slate that we're not putting there together. So now I want to think with the thoughts of God, not with the thoughts of a separated ego. So this part two are the thoughts you think with God. They're the gifts of God. They're the joy. They're the reward for getting this far. I mean, you've gone 220 days, right? That's like seven or seven months of undoing. And now you're at this place of, of spaciousness, of emptiness, of of uh, almost a divine anticipation of, of receiving these gifts. And that's the beauty of part two in, in the workbook. So every lesson in part two is perfect iambic pentameter. Like each lesson is 10 syllables long, like lesson one, Peace to my mind, let all my thoughts be still. Ten syllables, five emphasis in that, in that line. Perfect iambic pentameter. All those lessons in part two are like that. They all have ten syllables until you get to the last 20 lessons, and they start introducing 20 syllables and 30 syllables. And there's actually one lesson that has 40 syllables, but they're all uh, they're all lessons with increments of 10. And it's perfect poetry, perfect peace. And these thoughts are very high and they're arranged and they're short. They're only like a half a page long. They don't they don't. Uh, linger on giving you a lot of exercises like the first part did. They're not three pages long, four pages long, like some of the first lessons. They're just short, half page, 
they're basically prayers. They're basically uh, even written like a prayer in italicized, you know, language. And so they're prayers. And they're groupings, like they're grouped in groups of 10. And the, the, each group of 10 has a theme. And each theme has a one-page description of what that theme is and what, that, what you can expect from receiving from this group of 10 lessons. So it starts like, what is forgiveness? And then it, it tells you on this one page, I call it the preamble, the preamble of lessons 221 to 230 is what is forgiveness? Then 231 to 40, what is salvation? What is the world? What is sin? What is the body? What is the Christ? What is the Holy Spirit? What is the real world? What is the second coming? What is the last judgment? What is creation? What is the ego? Who are you? What is the miracle? You know, these kind of questions, those form the basis of the groupings of 10 lessons. And reading that preamble page is very important. Those, those one-page preambles are probably the deepest uh, communications of the whole Course in Miracles. And they occur just before the 10 lessons, one page on what is forgiveness. The first thing, and they're very deep. They're like kind of when you read, nothing real can be threatened, nothing unreal exists. You didn't really understand that line too much. You knew it was something profound, but you didn't quite get it. But you sort of been thinking about that for the whole time you've been studying the course. Well, these one-page preambles are like that. So forgiveness, it says, what you thought your brother did to you never occurred. Think about that. You know, what is it we need to forgive? Well, it's usually somebody did something to me and I felt hurt. Well, the first thing that the page on forgiveness says is what I thought my brother did to me never occurred. Well, in the ego's world, it may have occurred, but we're no longer in the ego's world in part two. We're in the Holy Spirit's world of your true identity. So in your true identity, which is absolute, it's not dualistic. It doesn't have this versus that. It's like I am. It's like singular. I am as God created me. That doesn't have opposites. So therefore, in that world, what you thought was bad that somebody did to you never even occurred in that identity of the Christ self. So forgiveness starts out like that. What you thought your brother did to you didn't occur. Therefore, when you really get that, you're in the Christ consciousness and you're in the forgiven world. You've forgiven everybody for everything, including yourself. And now you're in this space. It's like a space of beauty, a space of of pure stillness, pure silence, pure love. So these lessons in part two, they're uplifting. 
peace to my mind, let all my thoughts be still. So that's the first gift, peace to my mind, let all my thoughts be still. It's a truth. And if you've been earnest in part one, you see that your thoughts don't mean anything. Or my what I see does not mean anything. So you have stilled your mind to a point where you have the peace. Peace to my mind. Let all my thoughts be still. And then you've got the space and the thoughts of God come in. God is with me. I live and move in him. That's such a beautiful lesson. God is with me. I live and move in him. He's in the food I eat, the water I drink, the breath I breathe. You know, often people say, well, who study the course, well, I'm not a body, so therefore I don't have to pay any attention to the body. Well, yeah, that's true. You're not essentially the body, but we are in a body. And our job is to bring the divine uh, vibration to the physical realm. And if you're in that forgiven world where you brought that vibration into physicality, you can say, God is with me. He lives and moves in me. And he's in the air I breathe, the food I eat, the water I drink, the people I touch, all that is a divine dance in this physical dimension. So these lessons are bringing you to these gifts of God in part two. And don't stop short. <laughs> like, yes, part one is all about the undoing and forgiveness and you working through all your forgiveness of all the people in your life and all your past and all your birth trauma and all your personal lies and all that stuff we deal with in rebirthing, we're working on transcending it and forgiving it. But now, once you've done enough of that work, it's the goodies, you know? Part two is the goodies. So go for it. Receive the gift. And um, yeah, God is my life. I have no life but his. And now God is not this bearded man up in the sky. God is a, a state of being. It's a state of joy. It's a state of realizing unconditional love. It's a state, of, it's a very creative state where everything that proceeds out of that is, is beauty, is grandeur, is, is mercy, is love, is peace, is happiness. So when you say God is my life, what you're saying is, I'm deciding to be who I am, which is total happiness. Sandra Ray would call it pure joy. She even wrote a book called that, Pure Joy. So when you're in that awareness of your true self, it can only produce joy. So, okay, so we say, well, I'm not always in joy. I have this X, Y, or Z, this condition or whatever, a relationship doesn't work. That's okay. So then that's what we apply the undoing to. That's what we apply the forgiveness to. So it's a twofold process. It's forgiving and then receiving. It's like letting go and then receiving and giving that. So it's a twofold process and it'll always be that. I mean, unless we're raising the dead and walking on water, 
and, uh, you know, manifesting a body out of light like Bob G, we have something to clear. So don't beat yourself up if, yeah, you're doing part two and it's beautiful and you're receiving the gifts, but something pops up and you still have to do some undoing. That's okay. You can still receive the gifts and do the undoing when things come up and that's okay. You know, we've done enough undoing that we can understand that these gifts are ours and they're being given to us and we can receive them and extend them. So we receive to give. So it's this circle of divine service, you know, and your first service is to yourself. You know, they asked Thoreau uh, about philanthropy. He was one of our great writers and he wasn't too keen on philanthropy. You know, and he said, uh, well, the greatest service a man can give to his fellow men is to rise to the height of his own being. So that's kind of our philosophy. Yes, you do have something to give humanity, but what do you have to give? You rise to the height of your own true self and you have that certainty and you have that light and you have that freedom within. And that's the gift you're going to give but it's first realized in yourself. So, yeah. You're going to get more lessons. So, okay. So God is my life. I live and move. I have no life, but his God is my father. And he loves his son. God is my father and his son loves him. So this relationship between the father and the son or Look, it's it's beyond gender, so don't get all upset on that, on the language. We're all sons or children of God. So that's basically what it's saying. There is the creator and there is the, the child that the creator has created, and we are always in that relationship. So then and then that relationship is kind of like going home. The next one is, uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying, I'm getting a little distracted from our neighbor's radio. <laughs> yeah, no, this is okay. So my home awaits me, I will hasten there. So this home that we have that Jesus is giving us or leading us back to, it's always there. But we've been absent so now we're not so absent. We know it's there and we want to go back to it or become more aware of it. And so that's there. We can go there anytime. My home awaits me. I will hasten there. And this is my holy instant of release. In that moment you see, oh, I'm going to drop this and I'm going to be in this space of pure peace, pure joy. You're going home and that's a holy instant. And in that holy instant, you see, God has condemned me not for anything from my past. So no more am I going to condemn myself. That's how it works. It's like when you're in the home of your true identity, there's nothing to forgive. Because God never condemned. You were never condemned other than you having your own self-condemnation. So when you rise above that, you see, wow, my creator never condemned me for making a mistake. It was just patiently waiting me for me to correct it. And there's no guilt in that. It's just, oh, 
If I said two plus two is five, eventually I'm going to learn two plus two is four and make the correction. There's no guilt in that. So God has condemned me not, no more do I. And then when you're in that place where you're totally in your innocence and your sinlessness, love, which created me, is what I am. So love has no condemnation. Love has no judgment. Love has no problem. And that's you were created by love to be love. So then you don't have any problems. It's, it's interesting. I think our neighbor has like a, a like a born again Christian station. <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> Can you guys hear it? But it's okay. So we'll move. We'll, we'll move now, in the other room. In the second, in the next segment, we might move. So this this part part two of the course workbook. It's it's like your gift. It's like the gift of Jesus to you, and the beauty of it is unsurpassed. I don't even think you could read Shakespeare, you could read Rilke, you could read any Western writer, Wordsworth, you know, any Western writer, and the language would not be more beautiful than this part two in the Course in Miracles workbook. It's pure poetry. And so give yourself that that gift, you know, really give it some focus, especially if you've done part one or you've been through the lessons before, um, pick it up again and focus on, on those short lessons that are prayers. They're really prayers in part two. And I think this will take you into what I would call your Christ consciousness And this action, you know, I wrote a book called The Second Coming, and it's interesting. There's a group of of lessons in part two called The Second Coming. It's uh, lessons 301 to 310. That grouping is called The Second Coming. And what, what he says is the second coming is that we are guaranteed that we're going to remember who we are as God created us. And then when we wake up to that, that is the second coming. So, and those lessons are designed like that. Um, They're very beautiful. Like God himself will wipe away my tears. And where there was darkness, now I'm going to see the light. Where there was darkness in my life and I had grievances and I had family members I didn't get along with, Now that darkness is going to shift and I'm going to see the light there. And, you know, I have an actual demonstration of that. My sister and I didn't get along for years and she, she thought I was just an idiot, you know, running off to art school and running off to India and running off to my teacher and blah, blah, blah. And uh, she was a practical person, you know, an accountant. And so a couple of years ago, I did some really deep, healing work, really deep forgiveness work with her through a Reiki session. And lo and behold, within like a month, she called me up and said, well, I'm coming to do your training in Las Vegas. (laughs) And she showed up and she was in the front row and she did our training and we had a total healing. So you don't know where these healings are going to happen, you know? And, uh, 
So I was blessed. She was blessed. We have a great relationship now. I know where I can't go with her, like on certain things. So I keep it at a certain level that I know she's she and I are going to be harmonious on. And I don't go to the places where I know where she's going to be uncomfortable. You know, like I don't talk to her about Babaji or India or any of that stuff. And it's okay. Um, but we've had a healing. And I attribute it to this Course in Miracles and liberation breathing work that we do. So this, this, it produces practical shifts in your relationships, being students of these things, students of A Course in Miracles, practicing the, the breathing. You know, these spiritual practices are very practical and uh, produce results when we stick with them. So I feel like I had a whole healing with my sister as a result of that. So this, this section, the second coming, it's your acceptance of your true self that's the real second coming. The Holy Christ is born in me today. Now, I don't want to dwell too much on born-again language because a lot of the fundamentalist born-again people are, are hellfire and damnation, you know. The, but when, when the Course in Miracles talks about being born again, it's a lot different than that. Or when we say rebirthing, that's a lot different than the fundamentalist view. The, the real rebirth is into the self that you already are and a leaving behind of the self that you made up that's not your true self. So that's the real rebirth. And when that takes place, it's, uh, it, it, it's a realization of the Christ self in you or realization of the Christ consciousness. You know, that part of you that's free, liberated, totally forgiven everything and everybody. You're in this space of, of eternal gratitude, eternal joy, pure joy. And that's your li living moment. That's your actuality. You've realized it. You live it. You, you abide in that peace. You abide in that joy. And that's a daily daily practice. And when things come up that contradict that, you deal with them right away. You don't let them fester and grow and throw you off too much. You just deal with it and you undo it right there. And we have the tools to undo it. You know, so this second coming, the Holy Christ is born in me today. Let not my world obscure the sight of Christ. So this past self you made up, it's your world, right? And you've done a lot of work to let go of it and forgive it and clean it up and all that. But sometimes it still rears its ugly head. And, and sometimes it obscures your, your acceptance of this new self, this new uh, being that you are. I think Marta shared a little bit about that. Sometimes she just goes into a funk and just wants to throw the course out and say, screw it. And doesn't, we've all felt that. We've all felt that uh, 
desperation or being fed up. So that's okay. That's just part of the process. Don't let it throw you off permanently. Forgive yourself for that. See that that's just the nature of the ego. The ego is wanting a conflict, wanting a dissatisfaction. That's just part of the ego. So then this lesson says, let not my world of that conflict obscure the sight of Christ. So this vision of the Christ is yours, but your old world is going to try to get in there and screw it up and doubt it and say, nah, you don't really have that and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, you really are not good enough. You know, like that kind of a voice. And that's the part you have to say no to. Let not that world obscure this sight of Christ. And then when you are rising above that old world, there is a peace that Christ bestows on us. There is peace. When you let go and you've forgiven, there, there's only one thing that can happen, and that's you feel better and you're at peace. So there's a peace that this action of accepting Christ's vision, which is total forgiveness, there is a peace that bestows on us. And we can claim it. It's ours to claim and live in. The gift of Christ is all I seek today. Well, I mean, I don't want to make this too, like, religious-y. But the Christ is just the state of mind. It's your state of mind, right? We all have a state of mind, no matter what. We're in a state of mind. And what is that state of mind? And we only have two places we can go with that. Either we're in the state of mind of fear and upset and anger, like the ego or dissatisfaction, or we have a state of mind of the Christ consciousness, which is joy and peace and satisfaction, total love, total, you know, feeling great about your life. So we only have those two worlds. It's either hell or heaven. (laughs) We got to make a choice. So the gift of Christ is all I seek today, meaning I want the state of mind that's my true self that's in the state of perfect happiness. So that's reasonable, don't you think? I mean, most reasonable people, even if they're atheists, they would want that. They would want this state of mind of joy and happiness and satisfaction. You know, all men are created equal and we're endowed with inalienable rights. Freedom, the pursuit of happiness. You know, so that, those are those are in our DNA, you know. So this is what part two is about, putting us in the right state of mind, our Christ consciousness state of mind. And there is no conflict in that. Conflicting wishes cannot be my goal. So if conflict is there, then that means you're not in that state of mind. You're in the old state of mind. And in this holy instant, you can step out of it. This instant is the only time there is. So what are you feeling right this instant? That is your choice. That is your responsibility. That is you rule your mind and only you can rule that. So only you decide where you are right now. 
And when you decide for your higher self in this instant, that is a holy instant. And you have the not just the Holy Spirit backing you, but you've got all the holy masters who've ever evolved and risen to their true self backing you. It's like, you know, the Course talks about the great rays. You know, you have that light of all the enlightened beings coming to you when you make that step of the holy instant to move towards your higher self, your Christ self. You've got all that help. All the help I can't accept will be provided, it says. Not one need I have will not be bent. So this is part two. It's beautiful. Sandra is starting to chomp at the bit, so I know <laughs> that my talk is coming to a close. It's <laughs> <He's> 12.30 now. <laughs> and, uh, and we're almost done. So I'm going to open it up for two questions. Does anybody have a question? Mm-hmm. Oh, and I think um, I stuck it up there. Some of you hadn't come on yet, but we have this podcast now. Um, that have a lot of talks that Sandra and I give to each other on the course. We usually have a dialogue every day on the course, and we've been throwing those up in this podcast station. So you guys all have access to that now. If you want, if you want to write the address down, I think I gave it to you yesterday. It's bit.ly forward slash podcast ACIM with capital P and capital ACIM. That'll take you right there.